Greetings, everyone. It is now time for Marked Safe. Tales of your very favorite and most beloved disasters. On Mark Safe, we discuss events and details that some may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Please listen responsibly and stay safe. And now, here with your hosts, Brianne and Melanie, this is Mark Safe. Well. <laughs> Mysteries abound. Mysteries abound. Mysteries abound. I am feeling like lately I'm experiencing a glitch in the matrix. <laughs> um, I just came home to record and... In your new space. In my new space, yes. Yeah, so if we have any audio glitches, I'm sorry. I, I have a pretty good feeling about the audio in this space, but we'll see. Um, if we have any audio glitches, that will be temporary. Um, but I came home and on my desk in a space that I looked at immediately before I left and there was nothing there is a small, um, cup, like the kind that, uh, you might get like a dipping sauce in at a to-go place, like a like fast a, food. Yeah. Plastic little yeah, ramekin. With a little, yeah. With a little lid, um, like what you'd get your cheese sauce in an Arby's or something. And it has a little starfish in it about the size of a quarter um its head is broken off and it has a little fluff of like stuffy stuffing in there with it almost and out of the corner of my eye i looked at it and it looked like a spider and i was like oh god but then i looked at it and i see what it is but i don't know how it got here um i don't have any logical explanation for how it got here i've asked anyone that it would make sense for to have put it there no no dice um I guess my daughter could have put it there, but she was with me this morning and I looked at this surface like last thing before we left. No weird starfish in a plastic cup. I don't know. It is disturbing me and it is doubly disturbing me because um, a week or two ago, my girlfriend and I went to Chicago for a couple days and we stayed in a hotel room, obviously. And one morning I went to make her a cup of coffee in the little... Um, one cup coffee maker in the hotel room. And uh, we had, there's decaffeinated pods and caffeinated pods. The, the decaf ones are blue and this is red. So it was in the coffee maker and then she left to go pick up breakfast and then it was gone. It was gone. No one left the room, tore the room apart, looked behind everything in every trash can, under trash and trash cans, uh, in the mini fridge, under the bedding in the bed, like ridiculous places. No <laughs> in the suitcase, no possible way it should be there. Absolutely no pot. I put another pot in and ran the coffee to make sure that it doesn't like get sucked up into the machine or some shit. But no, it's right there. It was in the coffee maker. And I swear to God, I will think about this for the rest of my life. Where did it go? Where did it? Like, you don't know how hard I looked. This was not a cursory scan. This was a forensic search. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this was like sweeping the room inch by inch and looking literally everywhere that a pod could be. And then it's time to head out for the day. And I'm like, we can't because they're going to come clean the room while we're gone. And then I'll never know, like, what if we would have found the pod? What if it was here and they just found it and cleaned it? <laughs> I got home. I'm unpacking. I am I am itemizing things. Like, this is the an FBI investigation or something. Taking things out of my bag, setting them aside to make sure the pod's not in there. It's not. I, I, I'm i so bothered by this. And now you have a decapitated starfish <laughs> on that, your desk. Yeah. One or the other would be unsettling. But, um, yeah. These things just yeah, keep I, happening. You know, yeah. And, I mean, it happened right after my dead grandmother was liking one of our listeners' comments. So, maybe it's her. Maybe there's a glitch in the Matrix. Why is she being so tricksy? She wasn't a prankster papa in real life <laughs> at all. Maybe what this is, is her moment to shine. <laughs> Maybe she's been waiting. <laughs> Granny, where's the pod? <laughs> Why the starfish? I, I, I'm losing my mind. Oh, my God. I don't know. Something is wrong either with me or the universe or something. I, I, I don't know. So I'm accepting theories on everything from where's the pod to why the starfish. Let me know in the horrible schools. Yeah. What do you think it is? Yeah. 
If you are a Chicago listener and you came in and you have the pod, just come clean because this is going to bother me. <laughs> well, what if a listener like uh, snuck in your room and was just that's like, what I'm saying, fucking with you? That, that's what I'm saying. I think a few of them would. And I know we have some Chicago listeners, so please just tell me because I'm going to lose my fucking mind. <laughs> I had this happen when I was about ten. It was a small bottle of lemon scented Love's Baby Soft. It was on my dresser, and then it wasn't. We moved, never found it. No trash cans near it, looked behind it, under it. Nonsense. It's been 25 years, and I'm still thinking about it. You know, I, I had something similar where I bought a tank top. This mm-hmm. was just a couple years ago. It had, like, little um, hearts on it, and I specifically remember buying it because it reminded me of a dress that I had when I was a little kid. It was like... Mm. just different rainbow colored hearts just a tank top i bought them with several tank tops can't fucking find it i know i put it in my drawer with the rest of them what the hell see it's so less weird when there's like any possible explanation even if it doesn't make sense i mean i i lose shit all the time i've got a kind of vintage care bear shirt that i really miss and i cannot imagine how i lost but i mean it's possible there's ways not the pod (laughs) Oh, Ava was going through like different newspaper articles yesterday. I didn't realize that the Care Bears um, were also invented by the same people that did strawberry shortcake, which was... I didn't realize that, but I'm not surprised at all. (laughs) But also, it was a subsidiary of the American Greeting Card Company. Oh. I was like, it's not like Mattel or something like that. No, just the greeting cards. Huh. That's random. Super random. I'm like, I'm going to okay. put this one in my pocket to save for trivia night. Yeah. Well, you know what, guys? If you have any theories, let me know. Also, this is something I am a little bit fascinated by, kind of, um, called Tell Me About Your Glitches in the Matrix that you've experienced. And we can put that into a future Disaster Potluck episode. Oh, yes. That would yes. be rad. What? Tell me any of your small, stupid, I've explored every avenue. There is no explanation. What the fuck? Tell me all those. Yes. Even if it's little and weird. Like, I swear to God, the little weird ones are almost worse sometimes. Because <laughs> it's like not some huge thing. But how did it happen? <laughs> yeah. So tell me those, please. And we will record one of those at our earliest convenience. Yes, we love yeah. it. Uh, podcast at gmail.com. You can send those in. And you can even do an, a voice audio. Just hit that little yeah, microphone. And one of the last episodes and loved it. Yeah, sometimes it's just easier than typing stuff out. And, you know, we can download that audio really easy. So, yeah, awesome. Options, tons of options. Options. We've got choices for you. Slide into our DMs, please. We're begging. Respectfully. You're begging. You sound thirsty. <laughs> You're thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it feels so good to be back. I know, like, you know, to regular schedule programming. As much as I love Disaster Potluck, but it just feels like it's been a long time since we've recorded yeah, an now episode. you're about to wreck our shit with a bad one, aren't you? I am going to wreck your shit with a bad one. But before that, uh, we are nearing the end of our bracket. Um, so you ready for your matchup? Is this, this isn't the final two, is it? Um, no, you... Okay, it's the one before that? Right. So right now okay. we'll do... People get to listen to my ineptitude every week when I ask you this shit. Like, it's not my podcast, and I shouldn't know that as well. So how do you want to do this? Do you want to do the final two and then say the winner next week? I'm not the boss of this. You're the bracket. Let's do that, because I'm excited. I don't claim otherwise. I'm excited to do a new bracket. So let's do that. So we'll do two two matches, but save your winner until next week. Okay. All right. Ask me the questions. I'll give you the answers. This one's going to be so hard for you, I think. Is it? Oh, God. Okay. Oh, no. All right. So the first... Please don't say puppy paws versus pool floaties. No. The first one is gasoline versus pool floaties. Pool floaties, but damn. (laughs) Yeah, that's a hard one. Yeah. If it comes down to puppy paws and pool floaties, I don't know. Um, I do love gasoline, but yeah, they cannot top the nostalgia of pool floaties for me. All right. Well, then uh, puppy paws versus fresh cut lumber. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, puppy paws. Love fresh cut lumber, but puppy paws. Yeah, that's that's got to be one of my favorites. Oh, no, I'm calling in sick next week. Uh, no, you're not. You're not allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need a week to think about this. Those two things needed to be on the same side of the bracket. Oh, I would have had to have answered it eventually. Oh, no. Maybe you can do like some research this week, like 
go find a random puppy and... Could I say puppy standing on a pool, floating in a pool? No. See, you know what? I feel like that I would be, be able adorable. to do that. I feel like there have been like bachelor seasons where didn't they, you know, they had two girls on there one time. There have been ones where they pick no one, ones where someone comes at the last minute. I feel like I'm the bachelorette here, so I should be able to say a puppy standing on a pool floaty. Well, normally I would say yes, but we have people that are literally uh, trying to win this bracket. You know what? Maybe if they didn't also reach the same conclusion, they shouldn't win. <laughs> this is why your pod is missing. And Maybe you get decapitated <laughs> starfishes on your desk. You're enraging okay, the people. I said give me reasons, whatever. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. But, mm-hmm. uh, okay. Uh, yeah, no, I've I think I've got a cold coming on for next week, but we'll see. All right. And I'll get that I'll get the new bracket posted um here in the next day or two. So keep an eye out for that so you can get it in. All right, you oh, ready I, to... Oh, hey, hold on. I just realized I have to point something out. There's a window right next to me, and I just removed um, my left headphone from my ear so that sometimes when I have them both on, it cancels too much noise so I don't hear my own chair sounds. So I took the headphone off my left ear, and I can hear really loud wind chimes. So my grandmother's wind chimes are directly outside my window now. So that will be included ambiance. Oh, yeah. No, that's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. I cannot uh, cannot silence the wind chimes, and I don't want to. So welcome to the wind chimes. I love that so much. <laughs> All right. All right. Ready for something ready horrible? Ready shit? Yeah. yeah well, that's what I'm here for. So this week, I'm going to take everyone to my happy place, Hot Springs National Park in Arkansas. Um, as most of you know, that's where my Aunt Carolyn and my Uncle Jim live. And any chance we get, we pack up the car with our dogs. Um, used to be our bunny, rest in peace, necklace. <laughs> and uh, well, we go visit. And it's so much fun. They live on the lake. You know, we'll go play in the water. They got little, you know, the swing sets on the trees. And it's just, it's a good, wholesome time. It makes my heart happy. So... We were driving there recently when we were taking our break, and I remembered that my Aunt Carolyn had messaged or mentioned that we should cover this particular disaster. I thought she meant a completely different place, but I started like looking up disasters in this area just because I was there. I'm like, might as well, right? Yeah. Um, I didn't realize that the disaster she wanted me to cover was actually like right there. <laughs> oh, so. okay. Tourists flock to Hot Springs for a myriad of reasons. Hot Springs, Arkansas is renowned for its historic bathhouses and naturally occurring hot springs. This is on my bucket list. Like, I have kids, so I can't really break away, but I want to go to the bathhouses so bad. It just, downtown Hot Springs looks so cool. Melanie, do we mean the same thing by bathhouses? I know where your brain is at, but it's not it's not the same. Am I not straight enough for this? What do you mean? <laughs> Cuz I know you did not just say you want to go to the bathhouses on a podcast. I mean, I support you. I support you. No king shaming, no slut shaming. Um, but what? Yes, well that's what they're called. Is it? It is. Oh my god. Okay. Not everything is um <laughs> Wow. Uh, <laughs> I've I, hmm. <laughs> Yeah. I have one meaning for that word and one meaning only. (laughs) I mean, I wonder if they have. What goes on there? What do you mean? Well, I mean. Here's the theory. Either A, I don't know that there are other much more family-friendly forms of bathhouses. Which is correct. Or maybe. Or B, you're assuming the best about those bathhouses and you're going to get there and be in for a shocker. No, because there's. You'll see. It's so it's also Hot Springs is also known as like Spa City. So like the bath houses, like you go in, it's all about the water, the water, the water, they you literally can drive up with like empty jugs to get Hot Springs water f- to drink, you know, it says it's healing properties, all of that stuff. Okay. Well, the um, Arkansas community and the gay community should have compared notes before. <laughs> I mean, if it means anything to you, like Hot Springs is also known for like, it's like kind of wrapped in a lot of like mobster lore. 
So a lot of like famous mobsters like Al Capone and Bugsy and like all those guys, they would vacation there. And apparently Al Capone would go to the bathhouses to like help cure his syphilis. I bet he would. (laughs) (laughs) I just bet he would. Okay. I have it together now. Yeah, so all these mobsters, they would go to Arkansas to vacation, you know, because they had, you know, illegal sex work and gambling, but the law enforcement was so corrupt, they just kind of like turned a blind eye to it. Um, So Robert Raines, director of the Gangster Museum of America that's in Hot Springs, you can visit it. Um, He said this was a safe place to meet discuss business, have a good time, and get back and then rob a bank somewhere else and get some more money. There were no (laughs) robberies in Hot Springs in the 40s, 50s, and 60s because all the robbers were there just to vacation. Okay. I am obsessed with that fact. Isn't that cool? I am obsessed with that fact. It's safe because it's the literal gangster's paradise. Yes, it is the gangster's paradise. (laughs) That's amazing. Okay, listen. I want you, (laughs) listen, because I think you're still hung up on this bathhouse stuff. You want me to Google bathhouse? I want you to Google Hot Springs, Arkansas bathhouse. All right. I've got safe search turned off. Good. (laughs) Hot Springs, Arkansas. (laughs) And Google image it, too, because it'll blow you away. Oh, believe me, I was gonna. I'm gonna go get blown away in a bathhouse. (laughs) 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 Okay. Okay. Oh yeah, that's. I mean, it's a bathhouse. I mean, I can see the setup, but it doesn't tell me what activities go on there. What's this table-looking thing? I don't know. What do you think? I mean, hold on. I'm about to send you something. (laughs) Trust me, it's worth it. Hold on. Here's the safe search off. Uh Uh-huh. One of these things is exactly like the other. Uh, the gay sauna and bathhouses. But look at it. And then look at the other. (laughs) I mean, yeah, they look alike. Yeah. So, I mean, hmm. (laughs) You know what? Here, here's the solution. Go check one out. Report back, please, in either direction. Okay, I'm planning on going up there next month, so I, I want to steal away and go to bathhouse. So, okay, great. You heard it here, guys. I will take pictures if I'm allowed. If you're allowed, yeah. And um, we will expect one of those what I did on my summer vacation reports when you get back. Well, here's the difference. The other picture are fully clothed people. Hmm. That's what I'm saying, is I'm saying that it only, um, I will agree that... I don't know, that couple that's sitting kind of in the See? corner. See? You know what I'm talking about? But the, also, the ones in the very back, it looks like they're holding the kid's hand. Okay. I could be well, wrong. More more information is needed here. Okay, I will investigate for you. Please. All right. Everyone heard it here. Melanie is going to go investigate bathhouses for the podcast. Gangster's Paradise. What's, what's my gangster name? <laughs> I, you don't have one ready? No. That. You have to make me a gangster name. Didn't you get mad at me for not having a bug out name that you liked enough once? Yeah. Yeah. Now you don't even have a gangster name? Come on. Do you? No. <laughs> my gangster name is called My Particular Father's Daughter because I think there's a lot of circles where that would count for something. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, hold on. You know what? Mafia name generator. Yes. When's let's your do month it. of birth? Do you want me to delete this so you don't get doxxed? No, it's fine. <laughs> okay. When's your month of birth? June. July? June. I was close. Um, first letter of your first name, villain. Bada villain. That's you. <laughs> And I'm, hold on, I don't like that one, it's stupid. Um, okay, no, I'm Luca Hatella. I love it. All right, yeah, okay, that's our gangster name, so we're we're one step closer now. All right, yeah, so when I go, I'm going to try to sneak away to the bathhouse, and we'll just lay this to rest, either <laughs> literally or figuratively. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for going there, so I didn't have to. <laughs> 
So, yeah, it's... I've brought down the tone of the podcast enough today. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, there's tons of stuff to do in Hot Springs. It's historic. It's really beautiful. But there is one thing there that I absolutely positively will not try. And that is going on a duck boat tour. Yeah, those are boundaries you're going to want to lay out in advance. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what's a duck boat tour? (laughs) Have you never heard of a duck boat? Uh, no. Okay, so the DKUWs are also simply known as duck boats. They're amphibious vehicles that function both on land and water. Okay, do they have little um, snorkels? It just looks like a boat with wheels. Because I'm in a group, um, which is a huge group, probably a lot of you are in it, called What Is This Thing? Where you just have a thing and you're like, what the fuck is this? And you post it and someone's going to know. Right. And somebody posted the other day a picture of like a Jeep with a whole ass snorkel on it. And they were like, what is this thing? I keep seeing it on cars. Everyone in the comments was like, it's a snorkel. And everyone else was like, haha, no, seriously, what is it? It's literally it's a snorkel, snorkel for a Jeep. Yeah, yeah. Jeep people, they 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 do it all. This is completely different. Think of a boat okay. with wheels. Like, you're driving down the street, it's a literal boat driving down the road. I want to get in one. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. Okay, let's get through this first. Okay, maybe I don't. You know what? I don't. You know what? I don't want to. we learned by now not to say that sounds fun at the beginning of our Okay, this is is one of those things where, like, I've always drawn a line. Like, Cody and I have had conversations about parenting, and we were like, we'll never let our kids on this thing. Like, wow. okay. before so the like podcast thing, yes, they just, no. Okay. So these duck boats are amphibious, and they function both land and water. They were first introduced um, by the U.S. Army to carry troops directly from land into the water, but they had some issues. Quote, when the Allies attempted to deploy duck boats to Omaha Beach on D-Day, the weather revealed their design flaws. The massive operation took place on a day with uncharacteristically rough waters. When the duck boat was dropped into the choppy waters, each was loaded with ammunition, weapons, and troops. Only one boat made it to the beach. The rest sank, taking soldiers and supplies with them. Oh, dear. While the boats were effective in calm waters, the unexpected conditions on D-Day proved they could be dangerous in the wrong conditions. So even though these duck boats were never designed for civilian use, the military surplus property would eventually find its way as a tourist trap. Literally. Of course. Named after a historic hot springs hotel, the Miss Majestic was a popular sightseeing duck boat that offered tourists a unique way to view the beauty of the area. The boat had been modified from its original design with the top deck added to accommodate more passengers. The boat had three axles, six wheels, and held about 25 to 26 people, including the operator who rode in the front. I'm going to look up a duck boat real quick so I have a mental image to go with. Yes. Duck boat. Man, my, my Google search history just from this episode is wild. Gay bathhouses, Arkansas bathhouses, <laughs> mafia names, duck boats. <laughs> it's reading like my content warnings list here. Oh, that's an unsettling looking thing. Right? Okay. Huh. I just feel like I really want to be in one when it goes from the water, the land to the water. Okay. I don't, I lack self-preservation. Continue. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> I was actually thinking about you the other day. I was watching the news and they were talking about how um, air turbulence has changed. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm like, this is like Brianne's best day ever. Do you know? Oh, you know about that I love turbulence? Yes, I know you love the turbulence. So take to the skies. It's, It's rougher than ever up there. Bet. I will go find myself one of those $37 round trip flights, get on a plane, fly right back. Yes, do it. I think I wouldn't do it. I would do it. I love it. Oh, my God. What the fuck is wrong with me? Continue. (laughs) 100 Ways to Die, Brianne's edition right here. Yeah, 101, maybe. (laughs) So for $9 a ticket, passengers were scooped up in downtown Hot Springs, where they would be driven along Highway 7 to Lake Hamilton, where the boat would then be driven into the waters. So Lake Hamilton, it's beautiful. It's got a dam. It's 
It's my favorite place. They're all the time. On April 29th, 1999, Elizabeth Helmbright, the operator of the Miss Majestic, t- why did I just talk <laughs> slow motion? Because <laughs> you're a podcaster. It's <laughs> why we do all oh. our weird audio quirks. <laughs> oh my gosh. You want to like really get self-conscious, start a fucking podcast. Like you come. And then edit the audio. Yeah. You just forget everything. <laughs> you forget how to talk. Your batteries drain. So anyways, mm-hmm. Elizabeth, um, the operator of the Miss Majestic, took the duck boat to the mechanics, complaining that the bilge pump was switching off and on erratically. And it's kind of a big deal because the bilge pump is a piece of equipment on the boat that is used to remove water that collects in the bilge or the bottom of the inside of the hole. Oh, that seems real important. Very important. After a tour, Elizabeth had driven the Miss Majestic up the ramp and onto dry land when she had noticed that water continually was leaking from the hole for about 10 minutes. During the same time, water continuously discharged from the forward electric bilge pump. The company's mechanic determined that the source of the leak was a tear in the forward rubber boot on the rear drive shaft housing. And I know everybody's eyes is glazed over right now. But to break it down, quote, the drive shafts for the wheels penetrated the hole. Melanie, (laughs) stop it. (laughs) Gotta spice it up. I've been trying so hard. (laughs) You're talking about holes and discharge and shit. And I'm just, I'm like, nope, nope, nope. I've already been very immature this episode. And bathhouses. Shut the fuck up. This is a very Melanie episode. Everyone's just going to have to deal. Okay. Listen, (laughs) I was doing so well. And I was almost ready to explode from it. (laughs) Okay, carry on. Now I'm going to have to say penetrate all over again. (laughs) So the drive shafts for the wheels penetrated the hole and were protected by cylindrical steel housings. The housings were fitted with rubber boots to maintain the watertight integrity of the hole. Where did this quote come from? Did you write this line or is this a This is within a quote. This is a it? quote. Someone out there wrote that the shafts penetrated the hole. <laughs> yep. With a straight face. Yep. I mean, let's let's face it. I'm a, a dirty old man, man, and men typically name these parts. And I mean, you have like a screwdriver. What are other I, weird I understand stuff? that. But this is egregious. <laughs> I need, personally, a link to this article so I can find out some more about the author, so I can find out if they're a cheeky little minx or the most boring person on Earth. <laughs> well, all it's in the show notes. It's one of them. It's in there. <laughs> okay. Okay, thanks. So, these boots were held in place by host clamps. Um, if the boots had holes or were dislodged, water could free- freely enter. So, not good. No. The mechanic replaced the forward boot and upon further inspection, noticed another small tear in the aft boot for the rear drive shaft housing. And then he replaced that one with a used boot because I, I don't know if that's a thing you should do, but. But it got it done. He got it done. It happened. Elizabeth was told that the necessary repairs were made. And on May 1st, 1999, the Miss Majestic embarked on its daily trip. Elizabeth picked up 18 passengers at the White and Yellow Duck Tours ticket office in Hot Springs, and then two more passengers at a regular White and Yellow Duck stop at a nearby park. So quick sidebar, because passengers were often picked up at several different locations, like I even saw at one point they that someone was like, we pick somebody up off the side of the road. Like you could just like oh. chase after this thing and be like, hey, I want to ride. God bless it, and I would, too. Mm -hmm. So because of this, the passenger roster was basically a guesstimate at best. Mm. Elizabeth began the trip um, not only operating the duck boat, but also narrating the tour. After wrapping up the land portion tour of Hot Springs, Elizabeth drove the Miss Majestic down U.S. Route 7 to Lake Hamilton for the waterborne portion of the tour. Arriving at the boat ramp owned by Miss Majestic's company, Land and Lakes, Elizabeth turned on the toggle switch to power the three electric bilge pumps. 
Standing up, Elizabeth went into a very brief and rehearsed safety spiel, basically like, don't smoke on the boat, you're going to get a fine, blah, 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 that type deal. She then pointed to the life jackets that were stored on a wooden shelf under the canopy of the duck boat. Elizabeth went to demonstrate how to put on the life jackets, but when she tried to pull one free, it wouldn't budge from the shelf. So instead, she just simply gave up, took her seat, and just said, they're up there. Okay. All right. I mean, what more do you need? At no time did she offer life jackets to the passengers or even explain what to do in case the boat took on water. 15-year-old James Patton Jr. was on the tour bus with his divorced parents, James and Floyd, and his older sister, Jennifer. That sounds tense. It was tense, um, but... I did see that even though his parents were divorced, um, they had recently like mended things and were trying to give their marriage another Ooh, shot. So okay. I think this was like pa- okay. part of that, you know? Yeah. Also, I have never heard the name Floyd before. Um, I had to look it up. I hope I'm saying it right. It's it's like Floyd without the D. Yeah. And I heard you play the audio clip before we started and you're like, this is the weirdest name I've ever heard. And I'm like, Floyd? You've never heard the name Floyd before? Right. (laughs) I think it's kind of pretty. It is pretty. Mm -hmm. So on the boat, James Jr. decided to get comfy and take off his shoes. Within five minutes of being on the water, James noticed his feet were getting wet. It wasn't a whole lot of water, about a half inch, and the operator didn't seem alarmed. So uh, James is a kid. He just thought nothing of it, you know? Yeah. The boat was riding so low that James Jr. could reach his hand out the window and touch the lake water. So surely some of the water making its way in, it's going to be normal. You know what I mean? Okay. But a, Half an inch sounds like a lot, but okay. It is. It is. But is it a lot for a kid? Oh, I'm not judging him. I'm just concerned. Yeah. Elizabeth wasn't alarmed about the water in the boat. Because she was like in tour guide mode. And also the water that was coming in was hidden from her view. I mean, she's apparently not that concerned by not even having accessible life jackets. So you have to assume she's a cool cucumber. Yeah, she's chill. She's chill. Maybe too chill. Passenger Robert Powers of Little Rock was the first to notice water rush over the stern when he stood up to switch seats. The boat sank stern first and plummeted rapidly. Robert frantically grabbed life jackets from the overhead storage. He was able to get them out. And he threw them to other passengers, including his own wife and daughter. He said, I tossed in the jacket and said, get out of here now. Mm. He watched his wife, 32-year-old Dana, struggle to fit a life vest over the head of their eight-year-old daughter, Madeline. Oh, no. Oh, no. Elizabeth, I don't get to tap out of this, do I? I don't. I'm sorry. Oh, this one, okay. yeah, check your content warnings. This one yeah. is, uh, this one's rough. Oof. Elizabeth finally noticed the water rushing in and attempted to turn the boat back to shore, but it was too late. A rush of water knocked Robert across the boat, pinning him against the windshield. 30 seconds later, just 30 seconds, Miss Majesty had completely capsized, only 200 yards from the shore and only seven minutes into the water portion of its voyage. Oh, my gosh. Most of the passengers were trapped by the overhead canopy as the boat rapidly descended down to the bottom of the lake. Elizabeth felt along the line of the roof until finally finding an area where the windscreen had become detached. She pulled herself through the opening. A strong swimmer, she still struggled to reach the surface of the dark and murky water. When she finally did, she realized she was covered head to toe in dirt. She had been 60 feet down at the bottom of the lake before (gasps) finally managing to escape. Oh, my goodness. So that should tell you, like, 60 feet. That is how fast this duck boat sank to the fucking bottom. Wow. They're covered in dirt. Robert Powers. unreal. Yeah. Robert Powers didn't know which way was up. As he thrashed his legs, he finally saw some light and headed toward it. But it seemed to take him forever. He said, I thought I was going toward the light. I almost gave up. I thought I was dying. When he finally broke the surface, he looked around. 
All he saw were a bunch of life jackets bobbing in the water around him, and all of them were empty. He finally laid eyes on his daughter, Madeline, who was clutching onto a stranger. She had made it. When the boat sunk, she had grabbed onto another passenger, 53-year-old Diane Ledden, and Diane fucking swam to the surface with her in arms. Oh, my God. Onlookers and law enforcement raced into the lake to save passengers. So this community is really small. Um, There's always people on this lake. So there were tons of witnesses to this thing. Yeah. Sheriff Larry Selig said, we all ran down there. I jumped in the water, grabbed one of the guys who was trying to float, but he was drowning me. So I had to swim back. Sheriff Larry didn't know if that man had survived. That's that's the thing, so you know, that panic oh, sets in. I mean, it has to be so hard for the person who can't finish helping because, I mean, you can't just die. Right. Right. But, I mean, how do you feel okay with having to walk away? I don't know. Yeah. It, that's a tough one, too. You know, it's just... because I mean, it's, it's certainly not their fault. It would just be awful to have to live with. Yeah. Residents of nearby condominiums who saw the boat in trouble ran to their own boats and rushed to rescue as many people as they could. Boats began taking survivors across the lake to the dock in front of a restaurant that had been converted to a church. They sat on the front porch embracing each other, talking about who in their respective parties were still missing. 15-year-old James Jr. made it out alive. He said, I was scared, wondering what was going to happen. I just remember going out the window at the top. I couldn't find my parents or my sister. The boat started going down. The whole thing was under in 30 seconds. The more time passed, the more grim it became. Robert's wife, Dana, was nowhere to be found. He didn't see her in any of the rescue boats. Robert said, Madeline kept asking me, which boat is mommy in? But Robert knew that Dana probably didn't make it out. She didn't know how to swim. Oh, my God. Just eight people were initially saved, including James Jr.'s mother, Floyd, who was placed on life support at St. Joseph's Regional Health Center. The search continued, but without an accurate passenger list, there was no way to know how many people they were actually looking for. As time passed, search and rescue turned into a recovery mission. Eight-year-old Cortland Sykes, a worker at the boat rental shop, said, I'd already seen survivors at the landing where they were taken and then had to go pull their families out. It was real melancholy. When we pulled out a little boy, everyone got quiet. Mm. 28-year Andrea Beasley was found in the boat at the bottom of the lake, still clutching her three-year-old son, Logan. Their family friend, Lana Jo Berry, also did not survive. Amateur video showed Laura Todd of Keithville, Louisiana, on shore saying, I lost my babies, my husband, and my daughter-in-law on that boat. We need life jackets on people when we get on boats, not up in the rack. And these these are, this is, they're saying these, like, as they're, like, waiting for their families to be recovered. You know, they're just in shock. Yeah. Like, it's just... Yeah. Laura's husband, Ronald Todd, and their two children, Thomas, who was five, and Emily, who was four, and her daughter-in-law, Melanie McGurick, were among the victims. It's just whole fucking families gone in seconds. This is awful. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. 42-year-old Vernon Lee Johnson and his friend, 39-year-old Mary Elaine McGee, also didn't make it out of the capsized duck boat. Most of the victims... Nope. Most of the victims were recovered from inside the boat. The search was called off that evening with a death toll of 11, including James Jr.'s older sister, who was disabled and also did not know how to swim. That evening, James Jr. alerted authorities that his father still had not been located. The following morning, Floyd passed away in the hospital after spending the night on life support. Mm. A few hours later, divers recovered James Sr. about 35 feet from the sunken boat. Again, a whole family gone. Yeah. 13 people would lose their lives when the Miss Majestic capsized. 
The Coast Guard sent investigators from its Memphis office to the scene immediately. The Coast Guard ordered that the dozen or so ducks operated by two companies on Lake Hamilton cease operation until cause is determined. Chief Petty Officer Buddy Dye said, The purpose is simply to prevent it from happening again. We want to make sure there is nothing structurally wrong or inherently wrong that could cause this to happen. So they just, they were like, fucking shut it down. Shut it all down. Yeah. The duck boat was not immediately removed from the lake. And I thought this was so fascinating. I've never, we've never really covered a lot of like underwater rest, like investigations and stuff. So I thought this tidbit was like really neat. So they actually had divers take underwater photos and video of the boat to make sure like no evidence was lost or like damage done when the uh, the duck boat was recovered. Wow. Captain Glenn Anderson, chief of the Coast Guard's investigation, said the interest is to document the condition of the vessel before they attach devices to lift it to the surface so we don't so we make sure we don't see salvage imposed damage when it gets to the surface. So they Oh, that's impressive. Yeah, I thought that was I I feel like this investigation was like we we'd never see them handled real well on this podcast, but It seems like they did a really good job with it. Investigators wanted to know if the repair work done to the boat's drive shaft was the cause of the accident or if two other seals in the boat's hull were responsible. They said the photos and the videotape of the wreck on the lake bottom would be essential in determining so. The Hot Springs community was heartbroken. Like I said, small community, um... Mayor Bob Mathis at the time quickly organized a community memorial service, largely in part because none of the funerals would be held in hot springs. Most of the victims lived in a completely different state. They were they were on vacation. Mayor Mathis said the city, which was in shock, needed a service too. Um, so a week later, on May 8th, the memorial service was given. Hot Springs residents who owned and piloted planes provided free transportation to families of the victims so they could attend. And I thought that oh, was wonderful. Yeah. I, I'm telling yeah. you, like this, these people are great. That's why it's my happy place. <laughs> Speakers included Richard Kelly, uh, the stepfather of then President Bill Clinton. Um, just random fact, this is where yeah. Bill Clinton grew up, is in okay. Hot Springs. Um they have like this old little, the, what's the sign says? It's something really bizarre. The boyhood home of President Bill Clinton or something like that. What the hell? Yeah. Okay. So after its investigation, the NTSB determined that, quote, probable cause of the uncontrolled flooding of the Miss Majestic was the failure of Landa Lakes Tours Incorporated to adequately repair and maintain the duck. Contributing to the sinking was a flaw in the design of the duck as converted for passenger service. That is, the lack of adequate reserve buoyancy that would have allowed the vehicle to remain afloat in a flooded condition. Contributing to unsafe condition of the Miss Majestic was the lack of adequate oversight by the Coast Guard. So the Coast Guard was supposed to be like oh, wow. checking in, making sure like everything was on the up and up. Damn. Also contributing to the high loss of life was the continuous canopy roof that entrapped passengers within the sinking vehicle. Jim Hall, the chairman of the NTSB, when the Miss Majestic sank. So big deal. He's top guy. He called for a permanent ban of duck boats as amusement rides. He said the U.S. Coast Guard or Congress should act to ban the vessels immediately. So, like, you have, like, the head of NTSB being like, what are we doing? Like, this should not be going on. Obviously, we know this didn't happen because duck boats are still in operation today. In 2001, Don Bridges, the owner of Lando Lakes Tours Incorporated, sold the company's assets at a public auction for $57,100 to satisfy a lawsuit brought on by seven families that lost their loved ones. The company also held uh, insurance worth a million. Don had no intention on ever operating a duck boat business again. His nephew, Jamie Bridges, said he didn't even fight to keep the business. He said publicly that even if he had not lost the business, he was not going to do it anymore after seeing those bodies pulled out of the lake. 
And it fucked everybody up. Some family. This episode's fucked me up, so I'm sure. It's, it's rough. Some family members said the lawsuit wasn't even about the money. Instead, it was a way to ensure that the duck boat industry was made safer so a similar tragedy never happened again. Spoiler alert. It has happened again. I can't believe it. Including a horrific one in 2018 in Branson, Missouri that killed 17 people. Charges for that one are still pending. Wow. There's video footage of that. It is heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Family members of the Miss Majestic victims were outraged that another duck boat tragedy had occurred. Like, it didn't make sense to them. Like, why is this still happening? Yeah. Martin Patton, who lost three of his family members, he's related to James. Um, he said, why have these not changed? 20 years ago, they told them, you need to do something about the canopy. It happens again and again and again. Something needs to be done. It just does. It's insane. I really hope that our lawsuit 20 years ago would have made some of these changes that would have let more of these people out. God. It's so infuriating when they had all the information in the world and just didn't use it. Mm -hmm. In a weird turn of events, the fleet of duck boats associated with the Branson tragedy have made their way back to Hot Springs, Arkansas. Stacy Roberts, who owns... DUKW Arkansas LLC said that his Hot Springs Arkansas company purchased 18 duck boats on April 23rd, 2019 from Ride the Ducks International, which originally owned the ill-fated Branson duck boat that sank July of 2018. Stacy said, it was a quick buy. It was just an investment. I'd love to tell you where we're going with them, but we really don't know. Ew. And that is the horrific story about duck boats. Don't get on them. Just don't get that them. That was up there in the bad episodes from you. Yeah, it's... That's top five for sure. Yeah, so when Anne Carolyn, like, said to cover it, I thought she was talking about the Branson one. So I threw mm. it on my list and I didn't think about it. And we were driving. And I'm like, you know what? Like, uh, let's, let's revisit some things that ha has happened in Hot Springs. I'm here, like... If I can go check some things out, like be a little bit of a ghoul on vacation. And I saw that and it was really buried. It was really hard to find um, newspaper article or just like any articles online. It was 1999, but I had to really dig in newspapers.com. And um, this is the first time, you know, 13 passed away. It should be easy to find their names. Yeah. This is the first time where I had to keep a running list. Wow. You could not find the names. That is so sad. It's really sad. So it just sucks. Like when the when the chairman of the NTSB is like, don't do it. Don't. And you do it. Don't do I it. Mean, don't do it. I don't think people historically have liked to listen to the NTSB. Yeah. I feel like the NTSB has been ignored in countless episodes yeah. that we've done. So I guess I'm not surprised by that, but, but, ugh. Yeah. Uh, you ready for some disaster relief? Dude, I need some. Um, I will do a simple one this week. Like I said, we went to Chicago recently, um, went to a cool place that I think some of our listeners are familiar with, with lots of uh, intimidating... Was it a bathhouse? <laughs> <laughs> You're funny, Melanie. Um, it was the Medieval Torture Museum. And uh, yeah, it was really cool. It was it was really um, well done. They had a lot of things, you know, a lot of things were like you... And they have dummies and stuff depicting the methods of torture. And there's a lot of them where you look at it and you're like, oh, yeah, the old blah, 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 decapitation or something. And then you read their description of it and you're like, oh, my God. Like, that's so – you hear about it so much you've been desensitized right. to it. But then you read about the way they put it and you're like, ooh, <laughs> yikes. So I took pictures of literally almost every single one so I could take you with me. I still haven't sent all of them to you. <laughs> Maybe I'll do that when we hang up. 
Um, Maybe you can post really a fun. couple in the group too on Wednesday when I we drop. Almost any of them could get me zucked. Oh yeah, huh? the dummies are pretty realistic. Yeah, I mean, not like the pictures are fantastic though. Perfectly, but enough that I would worry about being auto picked up by the algorithm. Yeah, but I'll send the rest to you. Yeah, I don't want you in Facebook jail. That no. would be terrible. No, that would suck. Yeah, I I was jealous. I I want to go. Yeah, it looks well. You're gonna go in your inbox at least. I have like <laughs> a lot of pictures because I, I every single thing. I'm like Melanie's got to see this. Melanie's got to see this. Melanie's got to see that. I have an obnoxious amount of pictures. I love it. I love it. What's yours? I splurged on myself. Um, as you should. Yes, things have been chaotic in my life for what seems to be going on forever, and um, I realized I needed a space where I can go and just unwind. So I talked to Cody and I was like, can you give me a little bit of budget? I want to redo my bedroom. And uh, I'm very specific. I wanted chairs. I wanted a coffee table. (laughs) I wanted a new rug. And it is so calm. I got myself a little record player. I got me some patchouli incense. And the vibe is just perfect for me now and um the only thing is is it's now it's perfect for everybody because the rest of my house is a dump (laughs) um so they're all in the the calm space but at least they're they're respecting it and they're being nice and it's cool it makes me happy we're just it makes me happy for you yeah i really needed it you deserve it we also have a couple of Patreons this week because it's been on hold. So let me pull those up. This week we have Corinne Torres and Mimi Strinholm. Mimi, I hope I'm saying your name right. <laughs> I know I got the Mimi, but the Strinholm, S-T-R-I-N-N-H-O-L-M. If not, just let me know and I'll give you a redo. I'm good with the redos. Um, yes, you are. So, yeah, go donate blood. Go donate food. Go donate a kidney. Go explore a bathhouse. Let us know how it goes. Yes. Let Any us know. kind you want. Yes. Go. Um, never mind. <laughs> I'm censoring myself. Get out of here. <laughs> I am. You know what? That's exactly what I'm going to do. Yeah. Until next yeah. time. Sweet dreams, Sweet dreams or no dreams. No dreams. Hey, Horrible Ghouls. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you would like to share your personal MarkSafe moment, you can send it to us at MarkSafePodcast at gmail.com. Please give our podcast a rate, review, and subscribe, and tell your buddies about us too. That goes a long way. If you want to further elevate your support, check out our MarkSafe Patreon page, where we have shoutouts, goodies, and some bonus content in the works. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks again, and as always, stay safe.